0: I'm your host Brittany King and we are going to get in to some emotions today. I think I want to start this episode with a collective deep breath. If you feel like you've been kind of tightening, constricting, holding your breath since last week or maybe just since the beginning of this year, let's just take a moment to pause, clear out your air and then take a big inhale and then exhale let something go maybe you make some noise and just ha ah, just take a moment drop in drop in you're here you're here right now thank you for taking time to listen to this episode and i think you know i was had a different episode scheduled to go live today but i just felt called to share Um, about hopelessness and despair because I know that I have felt that way and I've been having a lot of conversations with people and they're in that place of hopelessness and I'm like, oh, we can't be here for too long. It's an emotion and it's valid and we need to honor it and, and respect it and validate it but we also can't stay here because no change is going to happen from being in a place of hopelessness or despair. We truly cannot afford to be in a collective state of hopelessness. And I know how easy it is to be there. It's very easy to feel like a victim and feel like there's just nothing we can do. And all of these things are happening in the world are happening to us. And that's a very fair mindset. And I completely understand if you're there. Um, But you can sit in it and realize that it's completely powerless. And one of the things that I do is I help people work through these emotions so they can take their power back. And you know, our system right now, everything that's unfolding, it's all about control and power. And we are giving our power away when we are sitting in a place of hopelessness. So if you have found yourself exhausted from this past week or even just this year, and I get it, the world continues to feel heavier and heavier this these days. But if you find yourself alternating through feeling joyful and then numb, elated and then down, I get it. <laughs> and I'm really speaking to myself because I find myself going back and forth between all of these human emotions because here I am living my dream life. But then on the other side, there's all of this heaviness that I'm experiencing from the world and I'm going back and forth. So if you're feeling this heaviness, if you're feeling, you know, this bouncing between like feeling happy and excited to scared and angry in the aftermath, especially after the Roe v. Wade overturning, just know that I'm right there with you. I mean, we are living the human experience. That 50-50 split is real. You know, I'm a dreamer. I'm hopeful. I definitely am a glass half full kind of a gal. So I was hopeful. You know, when the document leaked about the possible overturning of Roe v. Wade, you know, I did have a piece of me that was holding on to hope. You know, we knew that this would possibly come and it did. And I know that I thought that there's no way we're going to go back in time. There's no way that we are going to go back half a century, but it did. And it was gut wrenching news. It was a very dark day to have this news delivered on top of all of the other things that are happening in our world. So it led to a very physical experience. So just know that if you're feeling tired or any other sort of form of exhaustion, or even just apathetic, it's totally normal after a massively emotional event, like the one the U.S. is collectively going through, and we keep going through. And I just want to invite you and just give you permission if you're waiting for it to continue to rest. I believe that it is the most important thing to do right now because it's very hard to fight for something that you care about or believe in when you don't have the emotional capacity. So please continue to invite in rest if you are. If you aren't, consider this your permission slip. I know that it feels hopeless. I mean, it's just been thing after thing after thing. I mean, honestly, since COVID, you know, it's just we we seem that we, quote unquote, the thought is it can't catch a break. So the emotional burnout is an all-time high, and I, I completely understand. I feel you. And the first thing I want to say is if you feel like you're carrying the weight, it's time to put it down. You know, if these issues don't directly affect you, it affects other people in our world. And the truth is we are all connected. We are all from the same source. So as easy as it is to put our heads in in the sand or turn away from the pain of others, we simply cannot do that. I know how hard it is to be with that pain, but we have to be able to sit in the discomfort with others so we can help be a part of the change. So that doesn't mean that you carry the weight, you carry all of this heaviness with you. In fact, you can't help when you're carrying all of it. So it's important to put that weight down and to connect with how you're feeling, connect with your pain, with your discomfort, with your emotions. That's the first thing in order to actually be of service and help our world. So today I want to talk about how to work through the feeling of hopelessness and despair and not spiritually bypass them, not to sprinkle in toxic positivity because that makes things worse, but to really work through those thoughts of there's nothing I can do about these injustices because that's not true. There are things that we can do. And my intention for this episode is to help move you and get to a place where you are in and your your emotions can fuel you into productive Action, Because our emotions move us into action or inaction, and sometimes it's not productive. So I want to help you use and, and channel this emotion into something that's actually going to make a difference for you and the community. So I want to tap into the emotion of despair and hopelessness, and then I want to help move you into something more productive because I think, you know, I saw something on social media on Friday that really sparked this episode, and I'll share that in in a few moments. But first, we're going to talk about despair, and then we're going to talk about the antidote because who doesn't love a cure for one of the most difficult emotions to feel? So let's dive in. So despair, like all emotions, serve a purpose we lose our power when we say that there's nothing we can do. We literally cannot find a solution from a place of hopelessness. So I want to help you move up the emotional scale to get into a place where you can produce different actions and ultimately results. Now, this isn't saying we're going to go from despair into joy and love. You know, if you can get there, great, but that is Unrealistic. What I want to help you do is move up the emotional scale. So, for moving from a low frequency vibration into something that's a little bit higher, and even to maybe a place that's more neutral. The problem that I find with staying in despair is you can't do anything productive. Anytime that I've been in a place of hopelessness, nothing comes of it, and it feels worse. And it honestly feels like a personal hell. You know, I've caught myself having these thoughts too, just like you, like this is so unfair. What can we do? Every time there's an injustice in our world, it does feel so powerless. And then sometimes I feel guilty when it doesn't impact me directly. And I feel like, well, what can I do? I'm just one person. And when we can't find a solution, I know, like I said, I'm a solution person. Like I'm MC Hammer. Like if there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Like that is how I function. And being in despair is like a personal hell prison for me. So I don't stay there too long. Now I wanted to do this episode because I don't have the answers and I don't have the solutions. And I will never sit here and say that I do, but I'm hoping that If I can help us as a collective move out of this place of hopelessness, then we can find a solution together as community. And like I said earlier, we're not going to toxic positivity our way out of this. It's very important to feel what you're feeling and validate your experience because it is yours. And then on top of that, it's important to validate the experience that other people are having because it's unique to them. And I want you to know that what you're experiencing is valid. I know that my mind has been flooded with thoughts, creating these emotions about the future of our world. It feels heavy. And I know, especially having, bringing new life into the world, my sweet baby girl, like I definitely have some hopeless thoughts of like, what kind of a world am I bringing Ellie in? What kind of world did I bring Ellie into? And that feels terrible. So it's, First, important to honor and accept what you're feeling. When you can accept what you're feeling, it allows you to let go of the struggle to feel a certain way. When you're thinking, oh, I shouldn't be feeling despair right now. I shouldn't be feeling hopeless. That makes the problem worse. Just honor, meet yourself where you're at with this emotion. So I want you to give yourself permission to feel and let it be. I will say that I think feelings of despair are some of the most difficult emotions to feel. And I know from experience that the physical manifestation of these feelings, like fatigue, overwhelm, sadness, tearfulness, and then just straight up numb, it can actually feel like physical pain. So even though emotions cannot actually hurt us, it can manifest as physical pain. So I get it. It's really a very uncomfortable place to be. And sometimes when we're in these moments and we're feeling this hopelessness, there is a ping of like not wanting to feel this way. And then as a result, we are like, oh, it's bad that I'm feeling this way. So it ends up leading us to buffer and we use alcohol, food, shopping, sex, all these behaviors to take away, to numb out how we're actually feeling. Um, social media too, like you know we can convince ourselves that we're staying engaged and you know up to date with the news, but actually this is a form of numbing out the emotional pain that we're feeling. So that's why I say acceptance is the first step. Like if you're feeling this emotion, allow yourself to be present with it because what it's not the emotion that's that causes the problem, it's the way that we act because we're avoiding feeling the emotion. And I will say that these buffering activities that we do, it can work momentarily, momentarily, but it actually makes it so much worse, which results in an amplification of negative, difficult, challenging emotions. Despair is real. And I get it if you're feeling it right now, you know, at a complete loss and absence of hope, like that's, that can really, you know, I know I felt that way a handful of times this year alone. And it's been moments and it can come in a season, but it can also feel constant. And I kind of feel like we've been in this like constant state of hopelessness because of what is happening in our world day to day. Now, I will say that like this feeling of despair is something that makes us very human and we all experience it at one point in our life. So if you're feeling it right now, it's very real. And then, you know, (laughs) this emotion of despair loves to bring its cousins and relatives to the party. And then we are faced with doubt and frustration and uncertainty and sadness, grief, fear, exhaustion, isolation. So now we're just having this whole shitstorm of emotions and we're trying to push them away and it's totally exhausting. Now, like all emotions, despair is calling us to turn inward. And I know what it's like to resist it because it doesn't feel good. And when we try to escape or avoid it, it makes it larger and more powerful than it was to begin with. So if you've been wrestling with avoiding and you're not exactly sure what you've been feeling, again, like turn that focus inward and remind yourself that you're safe to feel. And if you're having a hard time reaching out to someone, a friend, someone that you feel safe with, a therapist, a coach can really help you in this process. So first understanding that this feeling of despair has serving a purpose and it's understanding what that means because it gives you more meaning to your life. And I truly believe that in this moment of time, this moment of history, that that despair is when we turn into faith. When we lean into our faith and it can help us make meaning of these life experiences, especially the difficult ones. Feeling despair can be where we recognize where our beliefs or values are out of alignment. Right? We might need to shine some light into something within us. And by leaning into our faith, it's helping us grow through the difficult, challenging experience. So the f- the thing that I want you to do if you've been kind of wrestling or avoiding or pushing away your emotions is to pay attention, to invite in what it's trying to tell you. So find some stillness in your day and then write down any insights that come up. Now, the goal here isn't to go from feeling despair into a place of love and hope. That would be dreamy if we could just push that button, right? But the truth is we work our way up an emotional scale. And what I mean by that is like the the frequency. And you hear people talk about frequency, but it's actually the vibration. It's the energy that the emotion creates in our body. So, by allowing yourself to process and feel the emotion, you allow yourself to then work your way up this emotional scale. So, the goal, again, might not be to go from despair to to joy. Like, that's a huge leap. But you might be able to move from despair to guilt or anger or maybe even worry. Like, it's a different vibration. And then even from that place, you might work your way up to frustration and that can lead you on your way up to hope. So the goal is to go from that low frequency energy vibration to a higher one. And even to just a place that's neutral. So I saw a post by Cleo Wade and she's just an, like, she is a word Smith goddess and her quotes are always just so timely and so on point. And she posted about how hopelessness or the antidote to hopelessness is imagination. And this just like whew, hit me. It was such a aha moment because I'm a visionary. I love dreaming. I love creating a better future for myself and those around me. But I've always found in the moments of despair that my imagination was completely blocked when I was stuck in victim mode, when I felt hopeless. And so when I saw this post, it inspired me to record this episode. So now that we've talked about the emotion of despair and its cousin, hopelessness, uh, fear, you know, all the emotions that, have, that, that follow, I, I want to shift into the power of using our imagination. And I hope that this conversation sparks something within you to help imagine a better future for all of us. I know it feels like we're going backward in time, but I do believe that sometimes we have a setback, a step back, a breakdown for a breakthrough. And I do believe even though I don't know what it is, there's a bigger purpose and it's calling us forward. So many of us who've been sitting on the sidelines and it's bringing so many people forward to stand up for the things they radically care about. So Lewis Carroll once noted that imagination is the only weapon in the war against reality. You know, when we are driven by fear and not hope, we are locked inside our whole a mental prison trying to overcome the waves of challenges that we face every single day. And I believe that is in this spirit when things are happening when when reality feels super intense and heavy that i lean in to a vision of, of a lighter rhythm of life it's not bypassing it's not pretending like it doesn't exist turning the other way what it is it's a, it's a momentary escape Into a different type of headspace, and you know, it's just for a moment. You know, my, I, I feel like I always used to be told that I am um, a daydreamer, but then my teachers would say that I was aloof, and you know, this played into having a neurodiverse brain, having ADHD. But I've learned that that is my superpower: is that I can go to a place and imagine a better future than where I am currently at. And we all have this power; we just have to be reminded of it. So the important thing I want to note that it is not about denying the collective grief that is so total right now, okay? This isn't about denying. This isn't about pretending it's not there. But using my imagination helps remove me from a highly charged environment of the day-to-day what-ifs, worst-case scenarios, just playing out all of the terrible things that can happen. Things that are, you know, things that are happening right now, but also in the future. So I want to dive into this idea of why imagination is so important, because when we find ourselves in this place of despair, or there's just lack of hope, our minds are always going to go to that catastrophic thinking. We catastrophize. Everything we go into black or white, it's either everything's all good or it's the end of the world. And I've noticed this more as becoming a mom since my brain has changed. I can literally play out the most horrible outcomes possible. And I've never been like this before, you know, like I definitely was like aware that I could like play out these worst case scenarios, but like it is very vivid and it's very intense. And I kind of, I constantly feel like I'm preparing myself for impact and it's really hard to pull yourself out of it. It's real hard. And that's why it's important to tap into a higher power source, whatever it is that you believe in to help lean, into when our mind goes to that terrible, scary, murky, dark place of what ifs. So what I've learned about catastrophizing is at its core, it's a failure of imagination and it totally makes sense in moments of crisis or challenge because our brain is literally wired for survival. So when we're stuck in our survival brain, we can't engage in our higher thinking practices. So that makes sense, right? Our survival skills resides largely in the amygdala and I love, you know, the the movie Inside Out does such a good job of explaining how this all works in such a way that is easy to digest because it's very complex but the way that Inside Out lays it out just makes so much sense. So our survival skills are in the amygdala. This is where fight or flight freeze um, comes from, right? Like when, when we're trying to survive, this is what has helped us evolve as human beings. Now the imagination lives in the neocortex and the thalamus. So the amygdala's job literally its purpose is to override the neocortex and the thalamus. So it's like a crisis manager. Basically when there is a threat, it's like high alert. We got to push aside anything that's fluffy or going to get in the way because the moment is calling for clear thinking and quick action, right? Like if you are in survival mode, those are the things that we need to do. You have split moment to make a decision. That's why so many people are like, well, we're just gonna leave the country. (laughs) Like, we're moving to Canada, we're moving to Europe, whatever people are saying. And that breaks my heart because that's like giving up, right? Like, running away is the easy thing to do. And that's what our brains are designed to do. So it makes so much sense. But if you just take a moment to stop and think about this, our most despairing moods are caused by failure of the imagination. This isn't just being sad. So we're not just sad. What we're saying is what we're thinking is we cannot picture a better life than the one we currently have. So Harry is told to fight off Dementor's darkness, and he has to produce the Patronus charm, which is a positive memory. And this acts as a shield of light between the wizard and the Dementor. So the Patronus charm is a projection of hope happiness, and a desire to survive. So to conjure up the charm, one has to concentrate diligently and think of their happiest memory. The happier the memory, the more the charm works. So the wizard can also imagine a scenario that would make for a happy memory, implying that the image doesn't have to be grounded in a past reality, it can also be a potential reality. So when the Patronus is formed, The Dementors are not able to attack the wizard because it feeds on darkness and despair. Harry's imagination of his happiest memories saves his life. So to me, the Patronus charm really signifies fighting off any sort of darkness that we face in our life because that darkness, it feeds off of despair and it feeds off of negativity. I mean, I could go on a whole tangent about Vecna and Stranger Things because that monster feeds off of shame, but I digress. I'll save that for a different episode. So in those moments of darkness, we are presented with an opportunity to fight it off with our Patronus charm with our imagination. And I love this example because it really does represent how powerful our imagination is. So let's talk about using our imagination during this very, very hard time. I mean, you can't turn on the news or go on social media with getting hit with an accumulation of heart wrenching, just sad, sad, painful News. It's so easy to spiral down that rabbit hole of thinking, you know, what happens if I get pregnant and I need an abortion? What happens if a loved one gets pregnant and needs an abortion? I mean, the list goes on and on, and it's crushing. And again, I can't say this enough. I'm not saying we need to hide from reality, but because this is a very dark time in our world, we have to learn how to dance with. The darkness. We have to learn how to not absorb and consume so much of the darkness where it leaves us in a place of utter exhaustion, right? Because this can lead to horrible effects on our mental health, and we want to stay away from that. So I believe in consuming and absorbing, but also taking care of your mental well being too. Because we can't do anything, like I said at the beginning of this episode, from that place. So If your mind is bringing up a conscious state, right, then it's coming from a place of fear. This can negatively impact you on a psychological level, right? We are psychosomatic creatures, so our psychological stress creates physiological stress in our bodies. And the more we do this, the more that it repeats over and over again, the bigger of an impact, negative impact that it has. And then the problem that this creates is stress slows down our immune system, which literally makes it worse trying to take care of ourselves during this challenging, dark time. So when our immune system down, we literally can't do anything. We can't help other people. We can't fight for a cause that we believe in. We can't take care of ourselves. We can't take care of the people in our life. So this is really important. We need to make sure that we take care of ourselves first. So using our imagination during a hard time is everything because the one thing that hard times can't rob us of is our imagination because it's within your control. It is your mind. So I just want to invite you, the end of this episode, to just get lost in that possibility, a positive daydream of wouldn't it be cool if, and if nothing comes to you right away, that's okay. Allow yourself to just be in it. Allow yourself to be open to the possibility that a better future exist. When you're in an imaginative space, you might discover parts of yourself that have been suppressed because of the stressors of life. And you might discover parts of yourself that is the person that you want to become. And I believe we have all of these different parts of ourselves, And when we allow ourselves to daydream, we allow ourselves to, to fantasize and whatever comes up we tap into these different parts of ourselves. So I want you to use your imagination to seek refuge from a stressful reality just for a moment, just for a moment, not to bypass it, but to allow yourself to think of the possibility for a better future. Even if you have lost your ability to imagine it still lives within you. I promise you. It still lives within you. So I want you to bring in this opportunity, this invitation to sit and imagine and daydream. Allow yourself to explore your inner experience. Allow yourself to create a better future for yourself, for our, our the future generations, for our children. It can give you just a sneak peek in to Something, something that's different than the current reality that we are living through. And I say through because it's not something we're going to be in forever. And I deeply believe that at my core. It's something that we're going through. And that's a key word because we're moving through it. Exactly what I talked about at the beginning of the episode of feeling your emotions. We're moving through this. We're moving through our emotions so we can get to a brighter Future. So, my friend, I know that we can get through this grief, this trauma, this overwhelm together. And whatever you need to do to process and move through it is beautiful and unique to you. I hope that this episode has helped you at least consider the possibility of using your imagination to create a brighter future for our world. Again, I don't have the answers right now, but I do know that if we collectively use our imagination and work together and lean into our community, there will be solutions and we can find our way through, you know. You have the ability to vote. You have the ability to urge your friends and people in your life to vote that might have been totally disengaged from what's happening in the world. You have the ability to speak up and use your voice. You have the ability to do so much being called forward. So if you feel that nudge, this is your invitation. But remember to take care of yourself along the way. Use your imagination to create the reality that you want to create. Find the people in your life that can hold the space for you so you can create a better future together. I promise you on the other side of this feeling of despair and hopelessness, there is light and this isn't about love and light. I'm talking about the truth here. This is about love and light, right? Sending prayers. That's not what this is about. There is light on the other side of this hopelessness, even if you don't see it right now. I promise you there is hope. And on the other side of this chaos, there will be clarity. You don't have to be able to see it right now, but just trust that it's out there. All right, my friend, here's to imagining a brighter future. I know when I look into my baby girl's eyes, I know that that's what she deserves, what our children deserve, what those future generations deserve. And even if you don't see it in my lifetime, I know that I can at least be some sort of catalyst for change. And I just want to invite you to join me on that quest. Until next time, remember to love yourself, own your happiness, use that imagination, and let your light shine because you are so worthy of it, my friend.